So you might be thinking, who determined what was women's work and like where does this come from? So our research actually tells us that jobs seen as women's work are often undervalued because they are parallel to the domestic work women are expected to do for free. Expected to do for free. Welcome to The Scaries, brought to you by Razor Co. I'm Sky And I'm Talitha. We are proudly broadcasting from Treaty 4 territory, and in each episode, we tackle alarming, inconceivable, questionable, shocking, and scary statistics relating to, impacting, and intervening with the lives of women and girls worldwide. You'll hear the scary truth, take away tools and tips, and learn what you can do about it. The Scaries is an opportunity to raise awareness, share resources, and collectively use our power of as women and supporters of women to make some real change. So uh, we'd also like to know, this is a disclaimer, we say at every episode that uh, these views that are shared are our own opinions, and um, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Also, we we likely will be sharing some tr- potentially tr- triggering content and mm-hmm. statistics, so just listen with caution. As straight, cisgender, white, able-bodied settler women, we are aware of the privilege we have, and we want to use this platform to spread awareness about the scary reality women from around the world face in different life situations. Why? Because sometimes nothing is scarier than being a woman. What is up? We are rolling into episode four, which seems pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, we've made it four episodes. Feels good. Uh, I feel like when it's like episode 100, we're going to be like, LOL at episode four. <laughs> but it's, it's a big accomplishment. Um, we are drinking wine. It is not 10 a.m. We've moved our recording times to a little bit later because we've now feel like we are practically experts at mm-hmm. this. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, it's just been a really long week. So even if it was 10 a.m., I don't think you should judge Hence us. the hefty glasses. The large <laughs> glass of wine. Um, but uh, we've also earned it. So oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we are going to be talking about what seems like an age-old discussion. I think maybe when I even first started to like learn about the disparities between men and women, this is one of the first things oh, yeah. that came up and like that I've ever known about. Um, and that thing is the gender pay gap and pay inequities. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about how we got here a little bit, what that looks like, and what we can do about it in 2023. It's pretty astounding that this gap and inequities are still a thing and far, 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 far from being closed, especially here in Canada. Despite a recent surge in more women in leadership and decision-making roles, which we've seen a massive influx in our city, actually, with a large number of CEO roles of mm-hmm. large companies being taken over by women this year. Woo. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> Woohoo! Cheers! Yeah. Uh, celebrations. Um, in Canada, women still make 89 cents for every dollar that a man makes. And we are going to get more in on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are many variables at play for how this statistic is generated, which we will get into, and many factors that contribute to why this gap still exists. So I think it's maybe important to find out why we decided to do this episode. Mm-hmm. And and I know, Sky, you have a little bit of a personal story. Yeah. Well, I'm currently on maternity leave. So I'm in the midst of starting to apply for jobs and thinking about all the anxiety of going back to work in a couple of months. And 
I know, I just know because this is my second mat leave that I'm going to have a gap in my resume and I've got, I've missed out another year of experience of things to add to my resume of building, you know, whatever it is in my career path. And However, I would interrupt and say that you've like done certificates and done so true. Many well, I always try, but yeah. that's the thing. Like, yeah. why, why do I feel like I have to right. prove myself right. well on mat leave? Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs. It is not a vacation for all the people who think it is. It is not. Um, not with two especially. <laughs> no. No. Hell no. I, honestly, going back to work is way easier than being on mat leave. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't care where I'm working. It is. Yeah. Um, so shout out to all the stay-at-home moms because I'm telling dads oh, because whew, you are the is, hero. It is a lot. <laughs> yes. Anywho, but um, yeah, like I'm starting to think about what it's going to be. And I just know that I'm going to likely have to prove and negotiate, you know, that wage that I'm looking mm-hmm. for even similar or close to or above what I was at before. And it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I've done it already once for my first mat leave. And <laughs> When I think about this gap, because I was a leader in like a management position Mm -hmm. and I've reviewed lots of resumes and I never, ever think of a gap. It's like, oh, what is this? Like they weren't working for like a year or a couple Mm -hmm. months. Like what's going on? But um, I honestly think we as women should, especially moms, should put that if you have that gap, should say like maternity leave. This is my gap. But this is what I did. Like I actually these are the skills that I've gained. I have gained more skills as a mom than I don't like than any role, other role that I could ever imagine taking on. I've gained those skills and they are probably the most valuable skills at home in the workforce as a leader than anything else that I have. Like patience, (laughs) general leadership in general, um, you know, integrity, all kinds of things. And you're teaching that to other kids to create them to be leaders. So it's a whole saga. But um, I saw this thing on Instagram I think early on my this mat leave mm-hmm. and it made me laugh, but it also made me like, this is so true that it was like something to the fact of managers, if you're sifting through resumes and you see um, an, a gap in um, someone's resume from a mat leave, hire them. Like, don't wait, hire them right now because you know who gets shit done? Women, moms get shit done. Yes. Women get shit done. And honestly, I was like, <laughs> amen to that because that is so true. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I don't know, like that anxiety on top of, you know, I, to be honest, I have had some roles, especially early on in my career where I did see the gender gap and I don't think I noticed it then, but I notice it now, especially as I go through this mm-hmm. research we'll be sharing. Um, but I've been in roles early on where I've literally been the boss. I've been the direct manager to men and they were making more than me. And I know that because I was their direct manager and I was right. seeing their, you know, doing their performance reviews and doing negotiating raises. Mm-hmm. They made more than me. And this was in a union environment. So of course, seniority, of course, blah, blah, blah. But they still made more. Like that is not cool. It goes beyond (sighs) salary as well, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. And some of those other uh, ancillary benefits that pay Mm -hmm. into your full-on compensation package. But yeah, those are just some of the pieces that I brought up. And now that I think about it, I was was young and I didn't, I knew they were, this wasn't quite right. But you fear like losing your job or being laughed at or being you know, like, what what are you going to do about it kind mm-hmm. of thing? And like, honestly, if someone, if I get, went to my boss at the time and said, like, this isn't cool, why is this happening? And they laughed at me, I'd probably be like, hey, I have to quit. Like, my morals yeah. are telling me I have to quit and then I don't have a job and then mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. scary and your job, like, it's a whole thing. So, like, bottom line, this still exists. And we hear a lot of yeah. people be like, no, like, there's so many women who are 
I work with a woman and she makes more than me. Well, great, yeah. <laughs> but we're, that's not what we're comparing here. Like, yeah. there's all kinds of factors, and we'll, there are many factors that get go into this yeah. pay gap. Um, but these examples that I'm sharing are literally within the last five to ten years. So this yeah. is this pay gap is alive and well. And like Talitha said, it's still there. We're mm-hmm. ten cents in Canada, ten cents less, less than, than what yeah. men make. Pretty much, where's that extra dime going? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That adds up over time. And totally. Like I saw one. I mean, this is not part of our actual statistics, but like one very small stat was that over time, like women will make in their like working career at $500,000 less than men. And then like when you add on like the intersectionalities of it. So this is mm-hmm. particularly in the States, black women earned almost a million dollars less wow. in their career. So like whatever their career is, I mean, that's obviously yeah. average too. So yeah, a million dollars. like. That's no. Yeah. Boggling. Mind boggling. So, um, well, thank you for sharing sky. And I know that that's like such a hard thing to go through, especially when you like question your own worth as you're applying for a job. And I know that we've talked about maybe not even on here, but like in our work that we do with Mm -hmm. Razor, that women often don't even apply for jobs that they like, aren't like 95% qualified for. Whereas men apply like generally when they're like, 40% 40% qualified. Um, and so like even getting past that almost like imposter syndrome and then having to like validate why you were and qualify why you were off for a year and like totally just hanging out at home and like watching soaps. <laughs> she wishes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess it's as we do, we always start with kind of like what the definition is and the history. So what exactly is the gender pay gap? What is pay equity and how are they calculated? Let's get into that. So first, let me explain the difference between pay gap and pay equity. So the gender pay gap or gender wage gap is the difference between the average wages earned by men and the average wages earned by women. So pay and then pay equity, on the other hand, is equal pay for work of equal value, which I will define um, more thoroughly in a moment. Although the term wage gap and pay equity are frequently used interchangeably, they are not the same thing. Um, And so it's first important to note that. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the pay gap. The pay gap usually refers to the median, unadjusted, uncontrolled pay gap. So when we look at the pay gap information um, as a way to tell how balanced companies are at the top, where they are typically fewer, but maybe higher paid individuals versus at the bottom where there tend to be more people, but at a lower pay. One quote I found says that the pay data shows us quite literally how companies assign value to their employees through the roles they inhabit and the pay they receive. Mm -hmm. Much of the national gender pay gap is because women overall work lower paying jobs than men and are less represented in those higher levels of business. So Mm -hmm. like in the C-suite, in those decision-making roles that we said, Um, which is obviously due to a mix of root causes, including unequal access to jobs promotions, opportunities to collaborate on high-profile projects, pay differentials across gender job functions. So like, for example, IT roles are traditionally more male-dominated and often pay more than HR roles, which are traditionally more female-dominated. And then, of course, the negative impacts on on salaries, advancement, and tenure due to factors such as caregiving responsibilities. Uh, A 22 Statistics Canada report noted that more men are employed full-time compared to women and more women are employed part-time compared to men. Mm -hmm. Um, And this could partially be a result of the fact that um, more of women's time is taken up by unpaid work than men. So women spend on average of 3.6 hours or 15% of their day on unpaid domestic and care work compared to the average of 2.4 hours or 10% of the day that men spend on unpaid work. 
I believe it. <laughs> She's like, amen, sister. You know what? I was talking to someone. I forget who it was, and I'm going to kick myself for not remembering. But um, about how women are like today. So back in like the 50s, the 60s, women were like stay at home, like all stay at home. Mm-hmm, we didn't work. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really a choice. Even if you did, it was like nurse that was teacher. The job. That was it. Yeah. Um, but now you're expected to work or you have to work because let's be honest, like this economy doesn't allow for a lot of single income families Mm-mm. and you are still, but all those job duties at home don't go away. Mm-mm. So you have two jobs, literally, and you're expected to be amazing at both of them and not drop any balls. Whereas oh God, back yeah. in the day, like, yes, it was super hard staying at home, but that was your job. You didn't have to worry about showing up and doing and all the other things at mm-hmm. work on top of your household duties, which they never go away. Mm-hmm. They don't. So it's like, we're almost sending women up for like, no wonder everyone's so burnt out nowadays. Yeah. Right. Like especially with kids. Yeah, it, totally. Um, yeah. Anyway, just such a chime in. Cause I'm just like, we can't do it. Like these super, the no. super, super woman uh, ideal is like, let's stop glamorizing that because that's not, yeah. Let's, it's so, making it hard for everyone else who can't do yeah. it all well to do it. Yeah. Like, so let's just glamorize like dirty homes. And can we please, what McDonald's you can't see supper. behind the camera is absolute chaos. Right. Um, oh no, but, it's not. But. Uh, no, but like, I think also even with that, it's when women are like, when people are like, you're such a hero. Thank you for doing it. And you're like, I'm, I don't want to be called a hero. I want like to take a nap and like wash my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's like that, de-glamorizing of that hustle culture which i think is like just an overall issue um in our society with parents not parents everybody it's like you need to do more and like be harder and work harder oh, yeah. and like everything yeah quote barbie in that <laughs> yeah. whatever that monologue was from yes barbie movie right let's there. pretend that i'm going to yeah. read off that whole monologue and yeah. that's what it is um so the gender pay gap can be calculated in two ways so the controlled gap quote unquote uh, measures the difference in pay between men and women performing the same job with the same experience and qualifications and all of that the uncontrolled gender pay gap also known as the opportunity pay gap quote unquote measures how women are paid compared to men holistically based on the median salary for men versus women so both the uncontrolled and controlled pay gap are important for understanding how society values women the opportunity gap is an indication of what types of jobs and then those associated earnings are occupied by women overall versus men overall. This in turn is an indicator of how wealth and power are gendered and that women's roles are less, often less valued within our society. So that was pay the pay wage gap. Uh, now going into pay equity, according to the Canadian Human Rights Commission, pay equity is about equal pay for work of equal value. As I mentioned, pay equity is compensating people performing equal, substantially similar or comparable work in a way that is not based on workers' gender or other protected category characteristics like race or ethnicity, but instead may be explained by neutral job-related factors that differentiate workers' skills, efforts, accountability and working conditions. So in the case of gender, for example, Mm -hmm. this is measured by statistically evaluating compensation by groups of similar workers. So like, for example, if we look at all engineers in the province and the country um, and ruling out that the distribution of compensation for female workers is different than that of male workers after adjusting for different justifiable factors like experience and seniority and education and location and all that kind of stuff. 
Pay equity is most commonly analyzed on the basis of gender and or race and or ethnicity, but it can be compared to or can be compared across any demographic, including age, sexual orientation, ability, caregiving status, and the list goes on. Um, and fun fact, actually, pay equity is internationally recognized as a fundamental human right. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. So we actually have laws about this as well um, in Canada, not all countries. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Canada has laws about this. So equal pay for equal value, aka pay equity. Uh, we had these laws since the 1970s. So actually Ooh. not that long if yeah. you think about it. Uh, so most recently, the law around this is the Pay Equity Act, which was passed by Parliament and received royal assent on December 13th, 2018. Again, so like not that long not ago. Not long ago. Yeah. And came into force on August. 31st, 2021. Again, two years ago. The purpose of this act is to achieve pay equity for employees in jobs that are commonly held by women. So specifically jobs that are commonly held by women by addressing gender-based discrimination in the pay practices and systems of employers, which is great. Yeah. So they like, I think put it back on the employers of like, this is your job Yeah, to make sure that this is being taken care of. For sure. Yeah. Which it should be. I mean, that's who's paying people. Um, so to put this all into perspective for you, in 2023, for every $1 that men make, women earn 89 cents. This number represents the opportunity gap and comes from comparing the median salaries, as I mentioned, of men and women across all jobs. This is one cent nearer to closing the gender pay gap compared to last year. So yay us. Woo-hoo. We did it. <laughs> one cent. The controlled uh, gender pay gap on the other hand, is 99 cents for every $1 that men make, which is close, but still not equal. And when we look at that, the controlled pay gap, even that one cent um, that women earn compared to men when all compensable, compensate, oh my God, think factors that you can get compensated on, wow, are accounted <laughs> for in exactly, I've had like two sips of wine and I'm like, woohoo, another one. Um, that all factors are accounted for and exactly the same, such as like job title, education, experience, industry, as as I've already mentioned. So although that 99 cents may seem very close to a dollar, just one cent off, small differences in earnings on the dollar can compound over the course of a lifetime and a career. The gender pay gap should really just be zero. And it is not zero. Mm-hmm. That one cent makes a huge difference. Totally. And that's also just, again, those like very controlled groups. Like overall, exactly. it's like, exact same jobs versus... The yeah. control uncontrolled, which is like the median of salaries Everybody. of men versus women. Yeah. So that really digs more into like the types of jobs that women are getting versus men. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And roles. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Cause that, that makes so much, so much more sense, especially when we get into debates of like, is this still there? And what's the difference? And it is very complex. Like yeah. it's not just cut and dry. What society has deemed as traditional women's work mm-hmm. and female dominated industries and roles, those are typically uh, lower, obviously we know this, lower compensated mm-hmm. than traditional men's work or roles and in industries that are more male dominated. So you might be thinking, who determined what was women's work and like, where does this come from? So our research actually tells us that jobs seen as women's work are often undervalued because they are parallel to the domestic work women are expected to do for free expected to do for free so things like taking care of children or vulnerable people seniors serving people in the hospitality Mm -hmm, industry mm -hmm. teaching nurses 
teachers, all those things. Yeah. Typically male, female dominated industries, all mm-hmm. things that women are just expected to do for free. So why are we getting paid for them? So you should just pay less, right? It's like, a, I think I've heard it's like the, the five C's of something. And like, that's like where women's roles typically fall into or like the jobs that women typically fall into, which is like caring, cooking, and then the, mm. the the other three C's, but like there's, it's all within that category of like th- this is where you need to be, which is ke- keeping people alive, more or and less. Like no shade to any of those roles. Those no, are super, no, no, no. All course. of those roles are very important. Yeah, and you know, oftentimes women like there are natural compassion. Oh, of natures, course, like yeah. aligned to them, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But why are we getting paid less for those roles? Is that's and the biggest that's, question. Yeah, yeah, that is the question. The Why issue. are those valued less mm-hmm. than whatever IT or yeah, whatever else, engineering and mm-hmm. male-dominated areas? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> They're also the things that have the biggest impact on people. I find. Yeah, like, it's like this is the next generation teaching nursing all the things. Yeah, but yet we paying more for IT. Well, yeah, I mean, it's because it's like those like in that tech. And I think we probably do a whole episode on this. Oh, yeah. Women in tech. Yeah. Well, but it's like that's women in STEM in particular. It's so hard for them to get it. Not so hard, but like it's it's harder to get into because it's considered like a male industry with like Mm -hmm. math and science and all of those things. And so then when women come, they're like, I don't think you're smart enough to be here. And I mean, they are, but like they have to prove themselves that much harder to make it and stay there and also because it's so male dominated i arguably it's probably more uncomfortable to be there as well if you're like the only one totally doing it so it's like harder to keep them in it's essentially valuing one side of your brain as more important than the other yeah right the math the science the language arts the whatever either side i forget all the pieces of that side (laughs) but they're two different sides yeah and yeah yeah anyway we digress. So, uh, and another factor in the overall pay gap is that women then work, like we talked about, more part time for several mm-hmm. reasons, like lack of affordable childcare, lack of family leave policies, social pressure to carry the bulk of the domestic responsibilities. So, again, all these factors compound to mm-hmm. create where we are today of this pay gap that hasn't has never closed. Like it was wide and is slowly starting, and it's mm-hmm. getting faster. It's closing faster as yeah. the years go on, but still not closed mm-hmm. ever <laughs> it's never been closed let's be let's be clear there spicy about this yeah um anyway these factors um make it more likely for women to have interruptions as well like i said all those family leave all those things mm-hmm. uh, to have interruptions or absences from work like i know all about mm-hmm. um and they're linked to fewer opportunities for promotions and salary increases Mm. Statistics Canada did a 10-year analysis of this, and they noted that nearly two-thirds of the study gender pay gap is unexplained. Two-thirds is unexplained. It doesn't have any reason for why. So they're just like doing a study and they're like, oh, don't know. No. For this portion, possible explanations include gender differences in the work experience, as well as unobservable factors such as gender-related biases. Aha. Mm Also a thing that's never been gone and still perpetuated under unconscious biases, right? Oh, yeah. So, interesting. Two-thirds of the gap are are unexplained. I mean, and, like, now I'm trying to, like, figure out a reason and explain it. But it's just, they're, like, so there's obviously just no reason. So it is just, like, biases and people saying, because you're a woman you're going to earn less or just just thinking yeah you probably don't want to come back to work after you have kids and you probably aren't going to work as hard so i'm Mm going to give the promotion to someone else who's probably a man that's not going on or whatever yeah Yeah. um so yeah interesting (sighs) 
So let that simmer. And we're going to get into more some scary statistics for mm-hmm. you. Here are some more scaries. So as I mentioned previously, uh, according to Statistics Canada, female employees aged 25 to 54, so like the majority of the working population, earn 89 cents on the dollar compared to men in terms of their average hourly wage. There was a stat or like, I want to say like a meme circulating, but it was was definitely like based on facts um, Mm -hmm. that was circulating on social media around November 22nd. So like, yeah, very recently within the last couple of weeks. Uh, And um, on November 2nd is actually, or 22nd rather, is equal pay day in the UK. And so this statistic and meme and whatever quote was in relation to that. Um, And it said from today, so November 22nd until 2024, so like a month and a half, women are effectively working for free thanks to the gender pay gap. And I saw that and I was like, what? what? Uh, Seriously? Uh, like, yeah, that really puts in perspective when it's like just working like for like a month and a half for free, like yeah. not getting paid. I mean, obviously we're getting paid, but like it's just that's what based on how like, much you make, you stop making and then the men continue to make because yeah. of the all the factors that we shared. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the Fawcett Society, which is a charity in the UK campaigning for gender equity and for women's rights, said that this day, this marks the day on which of the year where women effectively on average stop earning reflect relative to men because of the ongoing difference. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's great. It's good times. And get this. If trends continue, it will take around 131 years to close the gender pay uh, gap worldwide. Uh, like never in our lifetime. No, I mean, unless something crazy lifetimes. happens, but yeah, never in our lifetime will we ever see it worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's like obviously Canada, and we'll get into that. Canada is doing significantly better, but like mm-hmm. to make sure that the entire world is equitably compensated based on their gender. I mean, we shouldn't be paid based on our gender, but if that's how it works, it's going to be 131 years. And so when we apply an intersectional lens to the gender pay gap for women, certain aspects of a woman's identity make the pay gap even worse. And sadly, these aspects are pretty much spot on with the same things that we talked about in episode one that make them at a higher target uh, for intimate partner violence. A census 2016 report showed that the following groups of women working full-time, full year, earn significantly less than men. So let me just break it down for you. Indigenous women earn, on average, 35% less than non-Indigenous men, which equals to approximately 65 cents to the dollar. So like half. Pretty much. What the hell? Yeah. Racialized women earn, on average, 33% less than non-racialized men, or 67 cents to the dollar. Newcomer women earn on average of 29% less than non-newcomer men or 71 cents to the dollar. Women with disabilities overall are lower, have lower incomes compared to women without disabilities Mm -hmm. and men with or without disabilities. And lastly, those identify as 2S LGBTQIA plus also experience significant pay gaps in Canada. Just as a very brief Overview, heterosexual men are found to earn the most, followed by gay men, lesbian women, and then bisexual men, and lastly, bisexual women. And this stat doesn't even include the other categories within the queer community who arguably face even like oh, more totally. inequities. And yeah. What is it about bisexual people? Yeah, they, like, they a- were the highest into, I think, cyber violence and, and intimate, intimate partner, partner violence. Yeah. 
why? Yeah, like, it's so specific. I'm not, and I mean, maybe we have to dig into that, but like, I don't understand why that that stat keeps coming up, especially like in the intersectional yeah. lens. When you pull of, that out, when you dig out, like, mm-hmm. look at the whole 2SLGBTQIA, and yeah. that is the one that, yeah. And I'm sure we didn't talk about trans or any of those other things. No, in there, yeah. But like, come on. What? Oh, yeah. Like, I think that they would be like trans people and like other folks who are within the queer community who, again, haven't been identified within this statistic mm-hmm. are, I would say, get paid even lower. I mean, who knows? But just yeah, based on this, yeah, yeah, based on this information, the math ain't mathin'. <sighs> yeah. So, all of these things are still happening despite the girl power movement that we all have had, like all those nineties chickies and eighties chickies more that we grew up with and Mm -hmm. more and more women. Like we all have been noticing coming into leadership positions also in politics. Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot more, I would say more prominence of women in these roles. We still haven't closed this gap. And, you know, we've shared a lot of the reasons why there's lots of complex factors that go Mm -hmm. into it. A lot of it's the systematic pieces that are underscoring why is this not closing but um to that effect it goes beyond your hr team so you might be thinking oh it's just my work it's not Mm -hmm. like it's not just where you are if it is where you are speak up about it don't hold let us hold you back but it goes beyond your hr teams goes beyond your personal boss um it's those societal factors and really the expectations of gendered fields of study and work and this is caused like we talked about that ever looming unconscious gender biases that ex- exist and you ever want to learn about gender biases hit us up because we're yeah. happy to sh- share this and get into more detail and do any kind of training on send that send a dm yeah um but that is it those gender biases are the things that create these ideals in our brain that this, wi- this is women's work this is men's work or there's a glass ce- ceiling mm-hmm. for women versus men you know women can't take on these types of roles in an organization so it's really the deep rooted factor that's holding us back that these unconscious biases haven't been identified um and haven't gone away oh, yeah. um, and no one's really being held accountable for them yeah. so um and the sad part is is that our research tells us that women today are doing all the things that they can be doing to contribute to to be contributing members of the economy oh, yeah. they're doing more in terms of education than men. In fact, in 2021, women outnumber men in university in pursuing university degrees. Um, so that should equate to you know being sure. more having more education. Why aren't we getting the, you know those high paying jobs? jobs. Um, because you have too many feelings. Yeah. That's why your period might impact something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, despite that fact, women who graduate university with a bachelor's degree earn on average around 69,000 annually, while men who graduate with a bachelor's degree earn 97,000 annually. Oh my God. What? Is it because they're getting in, going in a certain field, probably male dominated field, or is it not? Yeah. Are they just, I don't know. But yeah, that's that. Like, that's, that's it's not, stat, that's not pay equity. That's the pay gap. So like that's looking yeah, at like, that's just that like uncontrolled overall. factor of median role. Yeah. Or yeah. Median salary. Yeah. Sorry, my nose is running. So I can't. Um, it's it's time here. (laughs) Further to that, um, a survey that looked a self-report survey from women from 2021 looked at pre-tax salaries, and it looked at how women remained 21% lower than men in their pre-tax salaries and Mm -hmm. other aspects of their compensation, like we talked about, like bonuses, profit sharing, equity agreements. Uh, that is really where the disparity surges, with Canadian women earning 43. 43 (laughs) 
percent less in additional compensation compared to men in 2020 when you look at above and beyond the salaries and get more into all the other pieces and compensation half yeah half and i feel like that's a key thing that a lot of people don't negotiate it's like okay the salary is the number one but what about flexibility what about the bonuses Mm -hmm. what about the benefits yeah earn days off whatever it is all those things add up oh yeah i work my butt off for you mm-hmm. like and you get this many sales or like you percentage the potential. Of increase yeah right they have they are seen as having the potential to make mm-hmm. more money because i don't know why what did i tell you the other day the stat about how women are hired for oh. what they have done and men are hired for what they can be yeah which is really interesting so we're having to prove ourselves constantly and showing in our resume those are all the things i've done these are projects i've shown this is the no gaps in my resume mm-hmm. and men it's like oh you've only worked here for a year it's okay like we know you're gonna be a star so yeah. we're gonna hire you anyway interesting and not always the case i'm just no, completely no, generalizing yeah. but that was again like an instagram quote that really struck a chord with me like oh that's but isn't super- that true because even like you and i have faced that where we get that like imposter syndrome because oh, the the question is what are your qualifications and what makes you eligible to speak about these things and all these things then we have to go back and like prove ourselves based on what we've done Mm -hmm. and not about you know our momentum and right or like i i know i'm gonna be the best so you should just hire me because i just know i have it in me i can't even imagine pulling out that line of the job interview (laughs) maybe i shouldn't see what happens honestly i challenge you to do that in your next job interview. but yeah interesting interesting yeah so global data provided by linkedin covering 163 countries showed that while women work women account for 41.9 percent of the workforce so almost half yeah. in 2023 the share of women in senior leadership positions so directors vice presidents or the c-suite mm-hmm. is nearly 10 percent less um than men and while the proportion of women hired uh, into leadership positions has been steadily increasing like we chatted course, about about one yeah. percent per year globally for the past eight years this trend reversed in 2023 regressing to 2021 levels oh so less women are, le- are getting into those roles and again we're firm believers that you don't need to be in the c-suite or have those roles to be a leader but but that impact still impacts decision making your pay yeah. all those factors yeah. and yeah i don't know what happened this year but weird that's very strange that it was specifically in 20 20- like i feel like you know we're making all these strides normally mm-hmm. i think and- here it's maybe not the case in our yeah. city because i've saw a lot of positivity that way oh of course women, yeah, yeah but generalizing you know, so, yeah in yeah. canada so across or in canada that's in national i'm sorry international mm-hmm. stat so across labor markets of the future so stem jobs mm-hmm. they are as we probably all know are typically remunerated very very well and ex- these salaries are expected to grow in significance and scope in the future Yet, LinkedIn data suggests that women remain significantly underrepresented in stem um, at just 29.2 So not even half of the jobs are held by women in STEM Uh, and artificial intelligence, which we all know is a is a growing, growing, growing area. Um, The percentage of women working today is approximately 30 percent, four percentage points higher than it was in 2016. So we're not getting any. (laughs) The momentum there isn't increasing to a high degree either. That's slow. That's a slow burn. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all pretty sin- sinister. We're all like, these are so sad. Yeah, I know this is not. It's like dun, dun, depression. Dun. I know. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, but, you're drinking wine too yeah, while you're listening. The wine to helps. This. Yeah. Um, but we have come a 
significant weight mm-hmm. if you think about it like from the 50s or you know from long like for 100 sure. years ago we have come a huge way um actually a study a 2023 study from the economists of the royal bank of canada report that women's share of national income has increased from 25 percent to 42 percent since 1976 oh i was like that's such a huge difference but that's a long time <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah. it's good. Yeah. But still. It is still long. But yes, like from 25, like almost doubled, yeah, yeah, which yeah. equals 240 billion. Like I just, I mean, I think if you billion. think about like if we've, if we reach 100%, like that's another, oh, so, that's another so much more. That's not in yeah. our lifetime yeah. of working. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. But yeah, not quite enough. Yeah. Um, another study from last October found that the gender wage gap has been shrinking since 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, on average, women earn 13 less per hour earned by men in 2018 compared to 18% uh, less in 1998. So, so like I kind of mentioned, the rate that we're closing this gap is getting faster. Like it went real slow. Mm-hmm, at the beginning mm-hmm. and now it's getting faster and faster as we bring more awareness to it and we're doing things like this where we share the statistics and kind of the common yeah. factors that are are causing it but sadly it's not happening fast enough like we said it's going to take another 131 years <laughs> yep to close it worldwide so that is where we need to look at things from a global perspective and understand what's happening yeah so on that note when we compare our situation in Canada to other places around the world it's sort of hard for us to complain because we are doing relatively good. Um, As Sky mentioned, in Canada, the federal government passed the Pay Equity Act in December 2018 and then came into effect in 2021, which requires federally federally regulated employers to establish and periodically update a pay equity plan. So that's great. Furthermore, Canada currently sits at number 30 on the Global Gender Gap Index, with Scandinavian countries like Iceland and Norway and Finland taking the top three spots. At the other end of the scale, the bottom four ranked nations of the 146 finalized in the Global Gender Gap Index were Guinea, the Dominican Republic, or sorry, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Chad, and Afghanistan. So in comparison to our 2022 ranking, we did, however, drop five points and are currently sitting at a gender equality score of 77%. So like not terrible, but not, I mean, I don't know, not great. Until we <laughs> stop just having to discuss this, it's, yeah. it's never going to be great. No, yeah. On a global scale, the global gender gap score in 2023 for all 146 countries included stands at 68.4% closed. So considering the constant sample of 145 countries covered in the 2022 and then 2023 editions, the overall score changed from 68.1% to 68.4%, an improvement of 0.3% points compared to last year's edition. So like, woohoo! Yeah, point three percent. I mean, it's it. not nothing; it's something. But yeah, where and I think you'll get into this, but like, where what accounted for those changes? Because like, yeah. I don't know if I've seen them, but no, yeah. Uh, when looking at the sample of 145 countries included in both the one the 2022 and 2023 editions, results show that this year's progress is mainly caused by a significant improvement on the educational attainment gap mm. uh, and more modest increases for the health and survival and then political empowerment sub-indexes. So more women are getting access to education around the world, yeah, which is huge. And the political empowerment, however, I, I mean... 
just seeing what we see in the news i don't know if 2024 is going to be a very good addition yeah. yeah i think that's might go down a little bit um so what are the nordic countries those countries that i mentioned that hold the top three spots what are they doing that we aren't to be getting so close to closing the gap and let me just say Iceland, which is number one, is currently at, I think, uh, 91% yeah. closed. The gender gap is almost 91% closed. Yeah. So that is like, they're close. They're going to yeah. they're gonna be they're closing it in this lifetime, in For like sure. the next probably 30 years or hopefully sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the first things is gender, ne- gender neutral parental leave. So the Nordic countries have implemented generous and flexible parental leave policies up to 480 days or 16 months of paid leave. That's in Sweden that encourage both mothers and fathers, parents overall to mm-hmm. take time off work to care for their children. This helps in promoting a more equal distribution of caregiving responsibilities between parents. Um, and I mean, arguably shows children that it's 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 a dual everyone has to participate yeah um so kind of just like a subside story to that there's actually something called the motherhood penalty and the fatherhood bonus research shows that women who have children generally pay a price when it comes to salary while men may benefit from becoming fathers so the majority of the gender pay gap worldwide opens up around the time of the birth of a first child interesting Mm. uh this is the case even in some of the world's most equal societies like scandinavia a 2019 report found that motherhood earnings gap persists for at least five years after women return to work following the birth of a child. So like, sorry, buddy, you're not even out of the Great. woods yet. Um, the earnings gap is wider and lasts longer for women in the 25 to 29 age range than those who have children later. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if just like because you're getting into yeah your you haven't established yeah. maybe, but uh, men do not face similar penalties after becoming fathers. In fact, they tend to experience an increase in earnings, aka the fatherhood bonus. Whether this is because hmm. employers see fathers as harder working or more committed than non fathers is up for debate and further study. But the fact remains that career costs of parenthood are largely placed on women. The reality that women earn less after becoming parents is connected to job shifts for positions with more family-friendly hours and policies, but job shifting may only be an option for mothers in that middle to upper level positions. Like you can't just, most people can't just be like, I'm going to go switch a job and, you know, decide because you might be starting back at the bottom, Mm -hmm. even lower. Um, And so furthermore, women in low paid precarious work situations may face steeper barriers after becoming mothers as the same level of job flexibility is not available to them. I actually I worked somewhere where um, if and this was before we had the child care subsidy. Subsidy, Yes. Um, And uh, if people had more than one kid, they often didn't come back to work because Mm -hmm. the cost of child care was so much more than that they were making. because we made very, very little. Um, And it was so much more that they were like, I'm actually losing money coming back to work than I am just to stay at home with my kids. And for sure, which is, which is so, I mean, not sad. Like it's nice. You can stay with your kids, but also like for the women that don't want to, or, but that's like a choice that they don't want to make. They don't even have that choice. It's just taking away that freedom or that freedom of choice. Yeah. And I mean, just to, just to clarify in Saskatchewan, we have this childcare subsidy for license for licensed establishments where mm-hmm. it's I think 200 or $10, $10 a day, a day mm-hmm. uh, per month. So it's like 200 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. However, um, in other provinces in Canada, they do not have the same 
exact same situation. So like, it depends how much you make. Not everyone gets to get that $200. Like my, I have family in Calgary and they're like, no, we make too much. So we don't get the subsidy. Oh, Whereas here in Saskatchewan, like everyone same. does, if you're at that, if a certain, if your establishment is licensed and whatever by the government. Yeah. So but not every establishment is licensed. No, not okay. everyone is. And they're in a long yeah. list to get licensed. So it's a whole yeah. thing, but still happy it's here. Yes, don't take it away. No. Um, so the other thing that uh, makes kind of that difference based on those Scandinavian countries is workplace flexibility. So policies supporting flexible work arrangements, such as part-time work, flexible hours, and remote work, allow individuals to balance work and family responsibilities. And this flexibility contributes to gender equality by accommodating diverse family structures and individual needs. I will say probably since the pandemic, I think this has probably shifted even in Canada. I know like my workplace, for instance, is very flexible. Mm-hmm. If my son has to stay home, it's like I can still like sort of do work from home and and I don't get penalized for that. I mean, I also know that that's like a very specific situation, but I think for the most part, um, it it has changed. Yes, I think we have seen a shift in more flexibility. Yeah. Um, I think just yeah. mainly because like when people had to go home from the pandemic, everyone like all so many employers were like, no one's going to do anything, mm-hmm. and like and in fact like work productivity right. increased. Yeah. And so then they were like, oh, never mind. You have to, we have to be supportive of that. But on the note of the pandemic, and I don't think we have any stats about it, but there was a significant drop in, um, and that might be why we we saw a little bit of a gap and why we're not exactly where we should be mm-hmm. um, because of women having to just drop out of the workforce. There were more un- like higher unemployment rates for women than men oh, yeah. during the pandemic. Yeah. And I mean, let's be honest, pandemic, like we're still in it. Like it's, yeah. who knows when it's ever going to end, if it's ever going to end. And um, yeah, it's slowly women are getting mm-hmm. back into the workforce. So again, all contributing to that gender gap. Yeah, exactly. Um, another one is, which we just talked about in kind of brief, is childcare support. So accessible and affordable childcare services are crucial to enabling parents, particularly mothers, to participate fully in the workforce. Nordic countries invest in high quality, universal, affordable affordable childcare facilities, making it easier for parents to reconcile work and family life um, and having that balance. Uh, The next one is gender quotas. So some Nordic countries have implemented gender quotas for corporate boards and legislature requiring a minimum percentage of women in leadership positions. This helps increase women's representation in decision-making roles and contributes to closing the gender pay gap. I know that there are going to be like comments that like the most qualified persons should be there. It shouldn't be tokenized. Mm -hmm. However, I see value and merit in this and that like, yes, the most qualified person should be there, but also like women bring very diverse experiences and so yeah and like what about all the other genders too right like 100 yeah Yeah, it's not just women Mm -hmm. of course yeah uh the next is equal pay legislation so the nordic countries have strong equal pay legislation that prohibits gender-based wage discrimination these laws promote transparency in pay structures and encourage companies to regularly assess and address gender pay gaps, which, I mean, is sort of like what our Pay Equity Act is. Yeah. However, that's only for federally legislated or federally federal Brand. workers. Yeah. yeah. Um, the next is gender equality initiatives. So ongoing initiatives and campaigns promote gender equality in the workplace. Whoop, whoop. Uh, awareness programs, training and education contribute to changing cultural norms and expectations surrounding gender roles in 
and gender roles and work. So in fact, in October of this year, Iceland, with the smallest gender pay gap in the world, uh, as Skylar mentioned, instituted a Women's Day Off, Ooh. which is the seventh time that women in Iceland stopped working to call attention to gender inequality. Seventh time. Seventh time, yeah. Must be working. Well, yeah, obviously, if they have yeah. the, the smallest pay gap as well. It was the largest walkout by Icelandic women in almost 50 years, comparing to 1975, when close to 90% of Iceland's female population went on strike to demand gender equality. And this actually pr prompted Iceland's parliament, uh, parliament to pass a law guaranteeing equal pay the following year. Nice. And this one actually also had, like, I think the prime minister or the president, I'm sorry, yeah, the prime know. minister yeah, yeah, of, of Iceland, yeah, was well. like yeah. on the front lines doing it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, the second last one is education and training programs. So Nordic countries invest in education and training programs to encourage women to pursue career careers in fields traditionally dominated by men. Mm. This helps break down occupational segregation and promotes gender balance in various professions. This so, is interesting. Our universities need that. Like yeah. some kind of, I don't know if they have it. I don't know about it if they do, but. Just to like, even try it, you know? Yeah. Like try something. If you're like, mm, I'm interested in, you know, being an engineer or like whatever it is mm -hmm. um and having opportunities to like walk walk a day in an engineer's shoes to see totally. just so you actually experience it and then you're like oh this is actually not so scary mm -hmm. the last but certainly not least is transparent pay practices so this is encouraging companies to adopt transparent pay practices uh to ensure that employees are aware of salary structures and can address any discrepancies based on gender uh and i think actually bc and ontario and canada have done this where like i don't mm -hmm. know if it's actually based on gender but it's transparent pay meaning like if they're posting for a yeah, job they have, have to have post a salary, salary. i've seen a lot more of this since i'm currently looking for a job yeah. so what can we do to challenge or change these statistics yeah mm -hmm. we have a lot to learn clearly from the nordic countries they're yeah. doing a lot of things like that was mm -hmm. a long list of things that yeah. they're doing that are contributing it's not just one thing so um yeah there's so many things that'll go hand in hand to really fight the systematic issues the unconscious biases that all go into creating this ever looming uh gender pay gap mm -hmm. so at a provincial level um government we can push for enforced pay equity legislation across all sectors and workplaces we can mm -hmm. in, we can fight for increasing the minimum wage we can fight for universal child care which we're very much on the road to currently in this past mm -hmm. year we made huge waves on that um so those are some of the, some of the things on the, on the government side that we mm -hmm. should be looking at whoever's coming into government in the near future mm -hmm. those are the things we want to be watching for and i mean also like vote in that way like if these things are important to you you can vote yes. based on the things and i'm not telling you how to vote mm -hmm. just that if these are things that are important to you vote for the people watch who for them. that they're gonna do yeah. something about it yeah yeah look for those things in their platforms so from an organizational standpoint um at your own businesses and wherever your place of work is some steps uh that companies can make to help close the gender pay gap are ongoing audits of compensation and gendered advancement opportunities. So mm -hmm. actually, like, are we measuring this as a company? I don't know. Probably not in most places. Prioritization of workplace flex flexibility. I'm mm -hmm. seeing this more and more because it is a pretty substantial value add, yeah. I think, for most people coming back from pandemic and oh, working. is like yeah. flexibility is almost as important as your salary. Mm -hmm. um, improved parentally policies. Mm -hmm. Huge. And not many have this. Uh, inclusive not hire. like not like the like top up option or like so I mean and not that you know I'm trying to be greedy but like when you make a salary a certain salary and then you're like bumped down to like 
50% of what you make. That's even 50. I know like that's it. That's a huge impact on your family and everything else. And like, I mean, I don't, it, you're not expected to move out of your house or like, I know, you know do your anything. bills get more because you have more humans living in yeah. your house but yeah you're expected to live honestly I like I don't my place I work didn't have top up so you're just making mm-hmm. um, your unemployment insurance essentially and it's like 25% of what I used to be making like so yeah like it's not even cutting cutting it yeah you have yeah. to have savings i'm telling you yeah um anywho inclusive hiring practices is also a thing invisibility of women in top jobs or you know those leadership positions right. upskilling and career growth opportunities for women particularly in high growth and hiring sectors like stem and implementation of pay transparency policies so those are all things that you should be looking for chatting about or pushing for in your organization mm-hmm. to um to start doing mm-hmm. so again what can you do these are things the government can do these are things that like organizations can do yeah. but what exactly are you doing well we talked about voting that's the number one thing um when the next series of elections happen look for that look for those pieces look for these um you know platforms in mm-hmm. your in your who you're voting for who you're hoping to vote for in all the all the candidates mm-hmm. um look for them and prioritize them as a part of you know what you're going to make your decision on and um if the aspects mentioned in the in the workplace aren't cutting it for you in your job or if you're on the job hunt bring these up with your leaders bring these up with your hr teams mm-hmm. offer to write a business case to help push these policies forward a lot of people are like oh we don't have time like this is a long list right. of things well no like i'll take the time i'll do the work and provide you the data mm-hmm. um the statistics the scaries if yeah. you will <laughs> yeah. on why it's important and why it's needed mm-hmm. um or create like a women's resource group within your organization Mm -hmm. and you know bring on the collective impact of a bunch of women coming together because if we all know more the two heads are better than one etc etc so work together to make some huge real lasting change in organization on a a number of those issues Mm -hmm. so that's where we would suggest starting just a few things to start tackling and get down to yeah, but it's quite a quite a meaty issue that yeah. um yeah we're on the way but not quite there and yeah yeah big big things to fight we had a hard time trimming it down to make this episode under an hour so uh stay tuned for definitely more on this in the future mm-hmm. and you know diving into some of those more specifics and you know aspects of the intersectionalities that exist and even like sector focus and all that kind of stuff yes awesome so um please do follow us on Instagram at racerco and at scaries.podcast and on TikTok at racerco. And remember that's change starts with action and awareness, um, which is what we're all about Mm -hmm. on this podcast. So thank you so much for being a part of the Scaries community and making the world a little less scary for it to be a woman to exist. Bye. Bye.